I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. There is a major developing story that I cannot get confirmation on, and I need it in the worst way. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. I've been following it all day, and I have been hesitant to bring it up because I haven't been able to get any kind of confirmation on the story. Mm. But right now, I'm going to treat it like it is breaking news. Okay. There are pictures floating around Twitter of Mark Davis having shaved the head completely. He appears, if these pictures are real, to have finally rid himself of the rat's nest on his head (laughs) and took the top down and came home. And I have to tell you, he looks so, so much better markedly better with a shaved dome. This is what happens, Canty, when you don't live in denial. We have not confirmed the veracity of these pictures yet. They Hmm. don't appear to be anybody's cruel joke, as far as I can tell. Yeah, well, I don't think it would be cruel to crop the top on Mark Davis because of the hairstyle that he was rocking. I mean, Carlin, with that hairstyle, and I'm still not sold that it's his actual hair. I think it could be a hairpiece, but we'll get into that a little bit later. He could be having a hair hat situation. But with that given hairstyle, he looked like Uncle Fester from Adam's Family Part 2 when they tried to dress him up. And they put the toupee on him, and it just—it was so uncomfortable to watch him walk around. That's how it felt with Mark Davis, and, and I'm glad that somebody in his inner circle, maybe Aaron Rodgers, got to him and was willing to express to him that this is probably not a good look, and this is probably why you've been chasing your tail in terms of trying to win games. You know what? They say it starts from the top down, Carlin, quite literally with the owner and the top of his head. They had to get that fixed before the Raiders can get on a winning track. I'm hopeful that what we're seeing on the Internet is actually true and that Mark Davis went ahead and, as you say, dropped the top on this thing. And I am fully admitting that I don't know if this is true or not. Okay, And normally I wouldn't be this irresponsible. Yeah. But. I, it's sorry. not a bad. It's not a bad look, though. I'm just. It's not. It's, it's not it's a not. bad look for Mark Davis. It's, you know what? It listen, would be you're trying. You're Carlin. You're trying to recruit a franchise quarterback. You said you were going to go after Tom Brady this offseason. He retired. Maybe this could be the first step in going after Aaron Rodgers when he comes out of his darkness retreat. Maybe this is the mug that Mark Davis is going to have smiling in front of Aaron Rodgers and making his recruiting pitch. Having the hair gone makes him look a little less socially awkward. I'm just going to put that out there. I, I'm not going to judge a beauty contest anytime soon. I'm just simply saying, Carlin, without the hair, Mark Davis actually looks like a normal human being. Mark, if it's not true and you see these pictures, this is what life can be like. <laughs> Coming out of denial it, I, I get it. It's a big step. I've been there. But it's freeing. 
It's freeing. The low maintenance factor alone is amazing. Mm. But Canty, like if I were a Raider, if I were Jason Fitz today and I saw that, I would immediately head over to Caesar Sportsbook and bet the Raiders to win the whole thing next year. Things, things are turning around, baby. Absolutely. They're turning around. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, that would give me the feeling of we finally have it headed in the right direction because at least, at least we have figured out the owner's look. Oh at least gosh. he has come around to admitting that this was a mistake. Dear God, I just hope for his sake that th- these are real. Because well, if that- not... Listen, listen, Carlin, it, it's a, it, it would be an improvement on his look. There's no doubt about that. But let's not feel too bad for Mark Davis. He owns an NFL team. He's a billionaire. So no, but life is okay. But, but do you think that anybody, because that's the case, has there ever been anybody in his life no. who said Mark? No, nobody, it, it, nobody tells him the truth. The nobody. Emperor, nobody's telling the emperor he should go bald. Nobody's yeah. telling him that. Yeah. And he needs somebody in his life to can't he when you're around yes men all the time, things don't go well. You have to have somebody who's unafraid to tell you the truth in your inner circle, do you not? Absolutely. Speaking of the inner circle, Aaron Rodgers. Dear God. Canty, he is somehow of this belief that he still has leverage in the situation with the Green Bay Packers. Here is Aaron yesterday on the Pat McAfee show talking about Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter and the reports that they've had about him, about the Jets knocking on the door to try to see if they're interested in trading Aaron Rodgers away and where he stands as far as his whole darkness retreat as well, which comes this Friday. Darkness, my old friend. Listen, at this point... He says that was fully on the books, and that was supposed to be happening on Friday, and he may not have an answer when he comes out of it. Here he is yesterday on Pat Mack. I have no problem with Ian Rappaport, Schefter. I think they're really good at their jobs. When it comes to me, they don't know shit. They really don't. They don't have people in my inner circle who are sources. I can promise you that. And anybody who would talk to them is not in my inner circle. It's that simple. I've had this planned on the books for four months for the same time and when someone like that goes on and says something that's not true it creates a story that's bullshit and it just keeps on going and going and going and then it's like i'm trying to insert myself into this conversation listen here's here's the problem i have with that statement right carlin Mm. first of all you don't have to get that information from somebody that's in aaron Rodgers' inner circle it could be the green bay packers and aaron Rodgers keeping off-season dialogue and Rodgers saying hey I'm going to do something over the next few days. I'm going to, you know, literally and figuratively go dark. And so we'll pick up conversations when I get done with this. He could have told the Packers what his plans were. And then somebody within the organization communicated that to one of several outlets, whether it's Ian Rappaport or Adam Schefter. That is plausible. That can actually happen. But I don't understand why, because they got their dates confused on when he was going to this darkness retreat. That automatically... Uh, I mean, basic, that, that automatically discredits them when it comes to all things Aaron Rodgers. That doesn't make any sense, Carlin. I can't buy into that, and I don't understand this outrage coming from Aaron Rodgers. Maybe it's him realizing the fact that he's not going to dictate how it goes this offseason like he has the past couple of years, 
but I don't understand why he's taking aim at Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter over this. I don't get it. I don't get it either. And you can try to discredit them so that you're showing later on you shouldn't believe anything that anybody else says about you. But it doesn't really matter at this point. The only thing that matters at the moment is that you're going to continue to try to hold people up. But at this point, you don't have the leverage to do it. The Packers can go and say to you, we're trading you. That's it. We're not waiting for you to come out with your enlightened decision after, you know, talking to your circle of trust or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. We're not doing that anymore. We've done that for you the last few years. And if you don't want to play, if you don't want to go play for the Jets or play for another team, that's fine. You're going to give up $60 million. There's no in-between here. You don't get what you want anymore. You either have to go do that and allow us to move on, or you're not going to play football. That's it. Well, he lost lost the right to get what he wants when he lost that Week 18 game against the Detroit Lions. It was winning in for the Packers, and the Lions had nothing to play for, and they still lost, and the offense put up 16 points. Let me ask you this question. That's when he lost the right to have – a significant say or more leveraged in the organization in terms of how this is going to play out this offseason. Let me ask you this question. What's up? The Packers have done everything, can we agree, over the last two and a half years to basically make Aaron Rodgers as happy as possible. True? No doubt. No doubt. Okay. They continue to do it because of the re- because of this reason, I would assume. Because you, you have to set a precedent for other... Uh, superstar players either to come down the road or guys around the league, star players, we're going to treat our guys right. We're going to, you know, not just screw them over and toss them aside. Mm. At what point do players around the league start to look at that situation and side with the team? (laughs) Like you are, he has been dragging it out. Like how would players around the league look at Aaron Rodgers right now? I think we're starting to get to that point now. I certainly see the Green Bay Packers fan base getting to that point. Will and Tosh had the poll about a month ago, Carlin, and the Packers fans had spoken. They said 74% of them, 75% of them said that they'd rather the Packers trade Aaron Rodgers and move on to Jordan Love this offseason. I, I, I don't envision that that's, that sentiment has changed, and if the fans feel that way, you got to believe people within the organization, and dare I say some people in the locker room, probably feel the same way. They get tired of being on the Rodgers roller coaster, and I can't blame them. At this point, the juice is not worth the squeeze. Had he gotten his team to the playoffs, maybe it would be a different conversation, but he didn't. And if I'm going to spend $50 million a year on a quarterback and lose and not get into the postseason, then I'd rather ship his contract to somebody else and have my quarterback and reset the money at the quarterback position in terms of my salary cap. That's where they're at right now. That's the decision that's in front of them with Jordan Love. Carlin, if I had to bet it today, I would say it's more likely than not that Aaron Rodgers is going to play somewhere else other than Green Bay in 2023. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit Progressive.com. Slash careers. 
score, throw to score points, and run to win. High integrity, high character, brilliant football mind, and philosophically, we see the game the same way. Just felt that Shane had a lot of that offensive magic, which is hard to find in this league. I know we got some pieces in place to get that done. We should be ready to roll. He had to show that he had a presence, and boy, did he come through. Owners speaking of their hires with their new head coaches. That was Jim Ursay a second ago. Speaking of Shane Steichen, it's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, Series 6 M Channel 80, and on your smart speaker. So, Canty, we've had five coaching openings this offseason. Mm-hmm. We have seen the trend over the last 10 to 12 to 15 years that players, or rather coaches who come in, have had success very early in getting their teams to the postseason in their first year and even potentially getting to the Super Bowl within three years, which you detailed last week, especially Mm -hmm. over the last few years, how that's happened. At this point, you look at the history. Guys like Kevin O'Connell this year, Nick Sirianni last year, Kevin Stefanski in 2020, guys who were first-year coaches who got their team to the postseason. You look at this group this year, who has the best opportunity to get their team to the postseason out of the coaching hires? Well, I mean, let, first of all, let's let's outline the coaching hires, right? We had Sean Payton with the Denver Broncos. We had Shane Steichen with the Indianapolis Colts, D'Amico Ryans with the Texans. We have Frank Reich with the Carolina Panthers and Jonathan Guerin with the Arizona Cardinals. Now, Carlin, there has been a first-year head coach to take his team to the playoffs in every single season going back to 2011 wow. when John Fox and Jim Harbaugh both did it. So think about that. that. That's a lot. That's a lot of coaches. So we saw Chuck Pagano do it in 2012, Andy Reid and Mike McCoy in 2013, Jim Caldwell with the Lions 2014, Gary Kubiak with the Broncos 2015. They won the Super Bowl. Ben McAdoo and Adam Gase <laughs> one, in, one with the Miami Dolphins and one with the New York Giants in 2016. 2017, McVay, 2018, Reich, and in 2019, Matt LaFleur. So I just you, you've seen that coaches in their first year can have a quick turnaround and the impact in terms of the change in messaging. Uh, it has that effect. It permeate, that, that effect permeates throughout not only the locker room but through the organization. So of the coaches that we're picking from, but the five vacancies that have been filled – if I had to bet on one being in the postseason, it's going to be Frank Reich with the Carolina Panthers. And a big reason why is because that division is up for grabs, Carlin. There is no stability in that division. And with Tom Brady leaving the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, tell me the team that you're confident in right now because I don't see it. Now, that could change if Derek Carr ends up signing with the New Orleans Saints, but the Carolina Panthers are after Derek Carr too. That could change depending on who the Carolina Panthers look at in the NFL draft that they don't land a quarterback in free agency. But right now, based on the staff that Frank Reich is putting together in the defense that's already in place, I mean, I have to go with the Carolina Panthers. Remember, this was a team in Week 17 that came a fourth quarter away from beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and winning the division last year and being in the playoffs this past season. So I think that team has the shortest road to go in terms of a turnaround. I get it, and I I see where you're coming from. My problem is I don't know who the quarterback is yet. Mm. Like My answer might be different in three weeks, okay? If Derek Carr ends up in Carolina, 
I absolutely am on board with what you're saying because that defense is so good. Well, they didn't have a quarterback last year, right? No, <laughs> yeah, Baker, no, they didn't. Baker Mayfield, Sam Donald, Philip Walker, they didn't have a quarterback last year. No. And they almost no. made the playoffs. So <laughs> I like to think that with a top 10 pick and the resources that their owner, David Tepper, is going to make available to them in terms of the money they can spend in free agency, I, I think that the Carolina Panthers have the shortest road to go of the teams that we're talking about. I know that this is going to be viewed as heresy when we talk about the division and when we mm. talk about the player in question. Okay. I'm riding with Sean Payton. Wow. I'm riding with Sean Payton Oof. to be able to fix Russell Wilson. Oof. Because two things here. Number one, for Russell Wilson, this is it. The, if, you, if this guy can't get you right, then your career is on the brink of wrapping up in a year or two after that. I don't know how long he wants to play. I don't know what he's got in his mind, and I know guys don't play forever, and I know what we're dealing with in terms of his age. Sean Payton is an excellent, excellent developer of quarterbacks. He is. And listen, you could say he had Drew Brees the entire time. Drew Brees was a mess when he got to no doubt. New Orleans. No he doubt. was an absolute mess on the verge of being a bust. And it was not a mistake, or it was not a coincidence that all of a sudden – he developed into the great quarterback and Hall of Famer that he turned out to be. I'm probably a sucker for this, but I'm still going to believe in Russell Wilson having the ability if he actually decides that he is not as important as winning is at this juncture of his career. Now, that's a big ask. I mean, you're asking somebody to change their personality, and for Pete's sake, we know that doesn't happen very often. But I think with Wilson here, there's no choice because, as we have talked about a lot in the last month, one guy has got the leverage and the long-term sustainability in Denver, and it's not Russell Wilson, despite what that uh, contract is. It's Sean Payton. Yeah. If that doesn't work, Russ is going to be the first one out. Well, yeah. I mean, now it'll take a couple of years before they can move off of that contract, but you're talking about after the 2024 season – that's when the Denver Broncos have options in but let me terms ask you, of if like, they want to move it, on from Russ. Is, is it out of the realm that after next year, if if Russ and Peyton are not on the same page, that the Broncos draft a quarterback and ride it out with just, you know, Russ whatever, and then we'll move on? With Russ on the bench? <laughs> well, it's not even necessarily Russ on the bench. Maybe the rookie's not ready to play. Sure. But can you see a scenario where they would draft a quarterback, uh, you know, when they – they would they get their they would get their first round pick back by then right in twenty twenty four. Yo yo they'll have a first round pick. They'll have it back. Have first, yeah, I, I don't think there's because if things go poorly with Russ again, they're probably going to be in a decent spot to draft next year. Well, they had to buy out Nathaniel Hackett and they spent eighteen million dollars a year to get Sean Payton in order to fix Russell Wilson and the mess that uh, that was left in the wake of that last regime. I I can't imagine that if things don't get off to a good start that Sean Payton is going to have much patience in terms of turning it around because Sean Payton is from the Bill Parcells school of thought, and he's not a fan of celebrity quarterbacks. So if something about that doesn't mesh early in terms of establishing a good relationship, I could see the Denver Broncos organization looking for the off-ramp for Russell Wilson. I remember once upon a time 
Bill Parcells had Drew Bledsoe as a starting quarterback and benched him for Tony Romo, an undrafted free agent, in 2006. And that team went on to wait, make the playoffs. So I, I, I could see a world where a similar scenario happens. I don't know who the in-house candidates would be or who Sean Payton might have his eye on, but I could certainly see a world that if it doesn't go well early on, that they're looking to move off of us. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, there is a sneaky big game tonight in Philadelphia. We take you inside what's going on with the Sixers in moments. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Big one tonight in Philadelphia. The Sixers hosting the Cavaliers. Tim Bontemps, ESPN NBA writer, joins Canty and Carlin right now on ESPN Radio to discuss. And that game is, of course, uh, on ESPN tonight. Tim Appreciate a few minutes here and just kind of set the scene for us to begin with, with a game tonight between the third and the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference and an awfully big one before the break. Yeah, fellas, I'm very excited to see how this game goes. Um, you know, obviously, you know, like you said, last night we saw the Bucs and Celtics play in Milwaukee in a game where the Celtics had basically all their main players out with injuries. And tonight it's the opposite, right? They're pretty much every – I mean, we'll see if Joel Embiid – is going to go. I expect him to play. You know, he's been questionable for a bunch of games. This foot soreness. I expect him to play as he normally does. And if he does, you're going to have basically all the main guys on both sides playing tonight. And I'm really, really curious to see, in particular, what this young Cavs team looks like in this game. We've not really seen them get a chance to play any kind of high leverage, meaningful games. And with the way things have shook out in the Eastern Conference, with all the trades the Nets made. To me, the Cavs are a team now where it's not just going to be good for them to make the playoffs. They have to get in and, in my opinion, win a series and, you know, get to the second round of the playoffs based off how things are shaking out. And, you know, let's see tonight, and they're playing on the road against a really good team with one of the best players in the league at Joel Embiid. Can they come in here and at least compete well, if not steal a game on the road and make a statement that the Eastern Conference isn't, you know, the Bucs, Celtics, and, and Sixers to – to lose and that they are a team that is a, has a potential force to be reckoned with moving forward. Tim, we're 56 games into the Sixers season and Joel Embiid is right now tied for the league league in points per game with Luka Doncic. 
he has the potential to win his second straight scoring title, and it feels like he's trying to put together another MVP caliber campaign. Now, I know Nikola Jokic has got to be considered the leader in the clubhouse for that award, but just what does Embiid need to do for the rest of the regular season in order to garner more consideration for an MVP? Well, I mean, the big fella is playing terrific basketball, and I think that's sort of the thing that gets lost in the discussion about the MVP award, right? I do the straw poll every year. I keep track of who's going to win that award as much as anybody and understand the focus on it. But you look at the top, you know, four or five guys in consideration for that award this year, Jokic and Bede, Giannis, uh, Jason Tatum, Luca. I mean, those guys are all putting up video game numbers, right? So, you know, I think to me, he's just got to keep doing that and the Sixers have to keep winning games. I mean, if they – they finish the season with the best record in the Eastern Conference, which likely would mean they have the best record in the NBA, and he's leading the league in scoring again, he's going to have a chance to win the award. That being said, he's going up against the guy whose team is currently leading the West and is averaging a triple-double as a center. So, you know, I mean, it just sort of speaks to just how challenging it is to win that award right now because everybody who's in the race is just, like I said, they're just putting up, you know, literal video game numbers every day. Tim Bontemps, ESPN NBA writer, joining Kenty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. Tim, this this Sixers schedule after the break is just absolutely brutal. Memphis, Boston, home and home, Miami, Dallas, Milwaukee, Indiana, Minnesota, just to start. Oof. Uh, If you're the Mm -hmm. Sixers at this point, if you're trying to get to that number one seed, is it just all about navigating that 10-game or so stretch right after the break? Yeah, I mean, Doc Rivers has been talking about that stretch of schedule in March going back to the start of the season. Um, and and that, that's really been his focus. I shouldn't say his focus, but it's something he's been focused on that whole time, knowing that stretch is coming up. And, and like you said, I mean, the Sixers are going to make a run in the Eastern Conference. They're going to earn it, right? Because they're going to be playing. I mean, you just listed off, you know, top four teams in both conferences, game after game after game after game. So, you know, this team is going to have its hands full making a run. Certainly is a possibility to me that they end up fourth instead of, you know, moving up higher than third. You know, especially let's say they lose this game tonight to Cleveland. They're only two up in the loss column going into the all-star break with that schedule looming, right? So that's another reason why this is a pretty significant game. If you're Philly, you win this game, you're up four on Cleveland, you feel a lot better about locking in that, that you know, being at minimum a top three seed um, in the playoffs moving forward. So, you know, obviously you're right. Schedule's brutal. They're going to have a lot of work ahead of them. But to go back to, to Candy's question about Joel Embiid, the Sixers rip off, you know, five, six, seven wins in that stretch, and he's putting up 30, 35 a night. You know, it's certainly going to have a chance to really bolster an MVP case when you're, you're getting marquee win after marquee win against the league competition like that. Tim, getting back to the Sixers, Harden reportedly hired a new agent, and he can be a free agent this summer if he doesn't exercise his player option. How much of how this season ends will determine whether or not James Harden decides to stick around in Philly? I mean, how the season ends is going to determine a lot of things, right? I mean, the Sixers, as you guys both know, have gotten in the second round and lost a whole bunch of times in recent years. Uh, a couple of years ago when it happened against the uh, – against the Hawks, and Ben Simmons passed up that dunk here in Philly in Game 7. Obviously, might be pretty seismic changes. You know, last summer they made some more moves after losing in the second round. And, you know, it's, it remains to be seen if that's going to happen again. But certainly, 
you know, to me, when you look at the way this team is built, you know, Joel Embiid has talked about it a lot. He just wants to have one playoffs where he doesn't have a fluke injury and he's healthy and sees how this team goes. And they are built to make a deep playoff run. And I think it's safe to say that if they lose in the second round again, there's going to be some sort of ramifications of it, whether it's James Harden or others remains to be seen. But, you know, it, it's going to be a pivotal playoff for a lot of teams. And there are a few that are going to be more pivotal, I think, than the team here in Philly. Tim, looking around the rest of the association in the games this evening, interesting matchup in Mile High with the Mavs paying a visit to the Nuggets. How much of this game is a litmus test for, quite frankly, both teams? Um, I, I think it remains to be seen a little bit, right? I mean, Kyrie, I think, is questionable now with uh, back tightness. I just saw before, so we'll see if he plays. Certainly for a team like the Mavs that just made a huge trade like that, it's going to take some time to – get everybody on the same page and acclimated with one another. So I I don't know if it's necessarily uh, a huge statement game for them. I am curious to see how a team like Denver does guard Dallas though. Right. I mean, uh, one of the, you know, it'll be, I'll be curious, you know, if Kyrie is able to go, you know, it will be interesting to see, you know, that is sort of the question about Denver, right? Are they going to be able to guard elite ball handlers with Jokic and with that defense? And, you know, they're certainly going to get a heck of a stress test if those two guys are healthy and, I am curious to see that, but, you know, I, I don't necessarily read into it a lot more than that, given the Mavs have only had a couple of games with their guys on the court. And it, like I said, it's not even 100% certain at this point that Kyrie's going to play. Tim, enjoy the game in Philly tonight. Thanks. Anytime, guys. Tim Bontemps, ESPN NBA writer, always gives you what you need and certainly delivered it right there. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. I want to remind you to help people affected by the Turkey earthquake. Please, please visit redcross.org slash ESPN to help the Red Cross respond. Your donation enables the Red Cross to prepare for, respond to, and help people recover from the disaster and will provide people and communities affected with food, shelter, relief supplies, recovery, planning support, and other assistance. Canty, in just moments, we're going to do, uh, frankly, what we have not done enough of lately. What's that? Try to help people make money. Let's just call it this. If you've gone against us lately, you've made some money. (laughs) (laughs) If you have faded us, that changes tonight. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Canty and Carlin. 
the podcast. We got to get ourselves right. We got to get right. We got to get right. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. You came within a half a rebound yesterday without me, correct? Yeah, I'm so disappointed in Giannis. In overtime, Carlin, he couldn't get us to 14 rebounds. That's what we needed. Come on, Giannis. Come on. <laughs> Come on. We had Derek White over six and a half assists. I think he had 12 dimes last night. And we had the over and team point total, which was 225. So we were cruising with those two. Just needed Giannis to come through with the rebounds, man. Crushed us. And he did not. No, not at all. So let us get to what is our nightly tradition. That is trying to make you money. And now we get back on track. Time to earn some cash. The taste of money. The smell of wealth. Canty and Carlin's best play of the night. The taste of money. All right, Canty has left it up to me. <laughs> uh, do what you will at your own risk right here. Well, desperate friends. times call for desperate measures. We're okay. trying to get back on a winning track, and us combining forces hasn't worked out. I came close doing it by myself last night. I'm hoping you can bring us home by you doing it by yourself tonight. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Here we go. We're going to go with the game that we just spent a few minutes talking about, and that is the Sixers and the Cavs tonight in Philadelphia. It is a pick 'em. So we're going to go with a little same game parlay. Canty, here's where we're going. Hmm. We are taking the Sixers in the game to win outright. Okay. Outright. I like well, it's it. It's a pick 'em, so, you know, they'd have to. I like it. Right. I like okay. it. Donovan Mitchell has been lighting it up lately. Yes. His over-under number is 25-and-a-half. Wow, that is low, Carlin. I mean, the guy just had his sixth 40-point game of the season. Yep. Yeah, We're going to go I, over. I like that. Donovan Mitchell, 25-and-a-half points. And then Canty, James Harden, over two-and-a-half made threes. Can James Harden hit three threes tonight? I think he can. Well, this is paying out at a plus 631. Ooh, plus it's got some juice. That's some lunch money. Sixers to win the Donovan, Mitch- Donovan Mitchell over 25 and a half points. James Harden over two and a half threes. That is your Canty and Carlin play of the night. Sometimes it's the worst. Sometimes it's the best. Best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is three and out. Uh, I'm not going to lie. The money gun uh, lately has gotten a little bit lonely. It's gotten <laughs> so cold. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, we can come through tonight. Yeah, we we need we need to shoot off the money gun sometime soon. We got to make right, people dunk money. Contest, Canty, this weekend. Is it Jordan? Is it Spud Webb? Is it Dominique? It is not. (laughs) Perhaps some of the better names will be the ones judging it, as opposed to Trey Murphy, uh, Jericho Sims, and Mac McClung of the two 
career NBA games played. Don't disrespect I'm Mac sorry. McClung. When I he was Mac at McClung. Georgetown, the dude was a highlight reel in terms of some of the dunks that he could put together. He might be interesting for the dunk contest. Jericho Sims goes by the nickname Jumpman, and that was given to him by his teammates. So that tells you what kind of hops he's got. And then K.J. Martin from the Houston Rockets, son of Kenyon Martin? Come on, mm-hmm. Carlin. You can't say that you're not excited to see what, what he can do in a dunk contest. Can't you? Now, Trey, Trey, Trey Murphy the third. I'm not familiar with his work. I don't know. I'm yeah. not familiar with his work. But can't these you? other guys could be could be interesting. The last time I saw KJ Martin, he was probably a year and a half old in a a uh, a grocery store carriage. <laughs> Kenyon and his wife out at a stop and shop in Jersey. That's the last should've, time I saw KJ Martin. Should have got an autograph. Should have got an autograph. <laughs> I wasn't going to bother Kenyon at that point. Carl Malone judging it. Well, Ugh. also judging it. Uh, who else we got? We got uh, Jamal Crawford. Jamal Crawford. Yeah. Let, let's just say Malone is slightly more problematic being a judge <laughs> of the slam dunk contest than Jamal Crawford. I get it. It's out in Salt Lake City. Mm. But there's a reason why the NBA's Twitter account is getting ratioed right now <laughs> with more quotes than you got retweets or likes. There's a reason for that. All right, might Kenji. not be the best look for the NBA having Malone be a part of the All-Star festivities. All right, quickly on two others. Tiger playing golf this weekend, as we know. Tiger, Rory, Justin Thomas pairing at the Genesis Invitation tomorrow, 3.04 tea time on ESPN+. Plus. I will be good. locked in on that. Yeah, I mean, it's good for Tiger that he can get back to playing competitive golf. I guess it's good for the game of golf because of his star power with the name, but I don't anticipate we'll see him pass the first two rounds of this tournament, Carlin. I just no, I wouldn't it. think so either, Yeah, but you know what this is gearing up for. I know. I know. It's that time of year. It's the that first time weekend, of year. The first weekend in April. I get it. We'll see you down on Azalea Lane or whatever it is. Magnolia Lane, whatever it's called. Come on, get it right. Listen, all right. Come on, man. That's also a problematic situation for me. But anyway, Canty. Okay. Calvin Ridley applied for reinstatement today. Today was the first day that he could do it. I love the Jaguars next year. I think they got a really good chance, and I think they have a really good team. You're adding him to that mix. They can find a way to keep Evan Ingram. That'd be pretty darn good. I mean, that'd be a hell of a receiving core for a developing quarterback. Trevor Lawrence, and this was, I guess, news to me, Carlin, but after I did a little deeper dive, he is a top seven quarterback in the National Football League right now. So adding Calvin Ridley, a guy that could be a number one, That'd be a pretty good get for the Jaguars. Uh, it certainly would. I, I think they got a really good chance next year. I'll tell you what, I, I will be very, very excited to watch Tiger, Rory, and Justin tomorrow, 3.04 on ESPN+. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.